Welcome back to the final question mark episode of the Away Days podcast, at least with Ferg probably, because he's not going to be uh, talking about no soccer or whatever we decide to do in the next couple weeks. But it's the Monday after the night before, Super Bowl Monday. Uh, joining me as always, Laith and Ferg. So first of all, who uh, did y'all watch the game together? Both being up in, y'all both in Dalton, right? No. No, Ferg's still in Atlanta. I was in the A. Oh, for some reason, I thought. But you were talking about getting wings the other day. I, I had. I was there just on uh, Friday and Thursday night because I had a doctor's appointment Friday morning. Oh, gotcha. Cool, cool. So, uh, oh, that's really weird. My uh, AirPods are like magnetized to the desk that I'm on right now. That's strange. Um, anyway, y'all do anything cool for, for the for the game? Lay, you watch it or just with the fam, yeah, probably. Just with the fam. Dad grilled some hot dogs and hamburgers, so that that was nice. Um, uh, yeah, no, just hot dogs, hamburgers. Went and got a bunch of Takis. So kind of had like our own little <laughs> Super Bowl party deal, but it was just me, my brother, and my dad. So it, it was fine. It was all right. Pretty laid back. Couldn't convince any of the, the women of the house to watch it? Nah, they were all over the place doing who knows what. I think like gymnastics or something like that. Um, but where did you watch it? Did you get your work friends to come with you or how did that go? Were you in Athens? Uh, well, no, I was, I was coming back from Athens on Sunday, uh, but I got back in plenty of time to watch it. Uh, but now my my chef roommate and his chef friend came over, and they just, like, like they didn't say anything about this, but they just started – they came in with a bunch of bags and started cooking stuff. They um, ate some buffalo chicken dip, some jalapeno poppers bacon-wrapped, uh, some, some bratwurst and onions and peppers. So I ended up having a – and they bought this cookie cake, which it was it was like one of those where you can just buy it at the store. It was like a Super Bowl theme, though, and it literally looks like they straight up, like, laminated the top of it with a logo, you know? Like, it literally looks like – like, the Super Bowl print on the, on the icing looked like it was actually paper on top. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what I'm talking about there, but um, but yeah, so we had a, we had a good little time. But uh, I was actually watching a lot of the golf going into it, which y'all will not care about. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. What about you, Ferg? Yeah, I, I went and dropped a bag at old uh, Trader Joe's and got me some buffalo chicken dip and some tortilla <laughs> chips and some salsa, and I had myself a little feast. Um, didn't really have any uh, social activity for it. I just watched it with Abigail. Um, <laughs> okay, so she did watch it with you. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little bit. You know, she was she was all hype about the buffalo chicken dip too. Uh, it's gas. So if you ever been, to, if you never find, if you ever find yourself at Trader Joe's, get some buffalo chicken dip. It's gas. Trader Joe's do be five, but I have never had the. Uh, can't say I've ever had the buffalo chicken. They dip. actually it's, they it's, just opened up a Trader Joe's in uh, in Chattanooga, and uh, everybody was hype. I've never been into it. What's like the the deal? Everybody was like all hype about it. It's like it's all like their own brand, so it's like their own brand of like frozen foods. They have their own like candies, their own like like dips, like buffalo chicken dip and stuff like that. Their own chips. It's really I mean, good. I will say it's kind of a white girl overreaction place. <laughs> like it's good, but you know it's not God's gift to man like most girls make it out to be. But I'm a I'm a late convert because obviously where we grew up didn't have one, and then Athens did have one, but I didn't really go to it until I was a senior. Shocker, going with my girlfriend. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's good stuff though. Like they do they do have and it's stuff that you probably like wouldn't buy at another place even if they had it really because you just wouldn't notice it. I feel like yeah, like I don't know. I just every time I go there, I find myself buying some artichoke shit that I never would have bought if yes. I just went to Kroger. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um, but like it's good, it's good stuff though for sure. Yeah, um, definitely hit that up in chat, Lay. I highly recommend. I might have to. Um, 
before it was opened, I kind of drove by there. It was like the day of, and the whole parking lot was just packed, no spots. So, like, it was anticipated. So that's the only reason I was kind of curious about why it was such a big deal. Yeah, it, it was like that on Sunday for me too, super packed. Mm. So how was your uh, the buffalo chicken dip? Because the guy who made mine was good, but he initially served it, like, not hot. And uh, what's thoughts on that? Because I was very opinionated on it's got to be fucking hot. I'm on the opposite end of that. Uh, I like it cold. Um, uh, no, no. Obviously, you could microwave it up or whatever. And, uh, and let's and let's be clear. It's also not homemade or whatever. It's like just like some shit you buy at the well, store. Well, I get. I guess like because I like cold chicken salad and cold. I like other cold dips. Like I can get behind a cold spinach artichoke dip, but also a hot spinach artichoke dip too. But like, I guess if it was like cold, cold, but it can't be in the middle. Like it's got to be yeah. hot or it's got to be cold. Plus. Plus, ours, too, is a bit more liquidy. Was yours kind of more like you could feel the strands of chicken kind of deal? Yeah, the chicken was shredded really, really mu- a lot, and it was pretty liquidy, so I'm, I'm with you. Oh, see, I can't do cold liquidy. If it's going to be liquidy, it's got to be hot for me. Yeah, no, hey. Because you're basically I, yeah. queso right there. Like, you wouldn't eat cold queso. Well, you might. <laughs> nah, nah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Shit, get all crusty. But, okay, I bought, I, I slick bought, like, four four cartons of it so I'll, after, <laughs> after this pod I'm gonna put some in the microwave and I'll give you my opinion nah you know what's that gas pack is the uh, the palmetto pimento cheese dip the jalapeno oh that is good I've had I know that. Leif does not fuck with that there's just <laughs> no. no chance I've, I've never heard your take on this but you being the uh, conservative eater that you are that's <laughs> definitely a no from you yeah I can't even picture what that is y'all speaking a foreign language to me now <laughs> Bro, but Mam- Mama's favorite uh, recipe is that pimento cheese sandwich she makes. I had never tasted it before. So. Oh, we know we know you're afraid of sandwiches. <laughs> All right, fears of bread and and other things aside, <laughs> um, there was a game on, but. I honestly, I got so I missed all the the intro stuff. Ferg doing his best not to spoil it as I was on a stream a little bit behind him. Um, but I missed a lot of like the the half not the halftime show the the national anthem all the pregame stuff because I was busy watching the the WM Phoenix Open Golf um, which was super exciting. But it's so, like what was what was like the pregame stuff? I mean the because what it was is he, heads on the coin toss right? So nobody yes. had any action on that. I don't think. Um, our nat- so what would what did we end up with the national anthem? Because I got conflicting reports from you as to what it was. Did it go over or under? Okay, well, it, I, I guess it just depends on when you got in on it. On my book, it, the under hit, but I think mine had my line kind of creeped up a bit compared to like other sites. Um, yeah, I want to say like the the ma- the vast majority of the legit books. I think the over hit. Yeah, see, my, I took the over, but it was like a, I needed a one minute fifty two seconds. Um, when I think the line everywhere else was like 146 or something like that, I think. So for me, the over didn't hit, but for everyone else, the over did hit. So just my luck. But yeah, I benefited from some some fudgy lines on the the Cayman Island books, as we'll get to uh, later. But first, I just off you know fire from the hip. Lay, uh, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? What uh take big takeaways thoughts? Uh, Joey B, you know, did did all he could. Kind of feels like, but wasn't enough. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a weird one, too, but just because you mentioned it like when we were texting yesterday. It kind of just didn't feel like the environment was that hype. And then I guess following up the kind of playoff games that we had, it's, that's, that's a big act to follow. But it was a solid game. It was interesting to me because I think at the end of the day, if you were to go and look at what the Bengals' offense did, they kind of executed their strategy. You know, they got the run. We talked about Joe Mixon had to be 
important. And I think he led, I think the Bengals had more rushing yards than the Rams at the end of the day. So they did about everything they could and about everything that you would draw up for a game plan. And they just, they couldn't hold this one out, but it was, it was a pretty fun one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked how Joe Mixon got going on the ground game, but also the Bengals hit those explosive plays. They hit that big deep ball to Jamar Chase in the first half that set up a field goal. They hit the deep shot to T Higgins to get a touchdown on the first play of the second half. And you thought, you know, mixing that the run game where how the run game was going and mixing in those explosive plays, the Bengals were going to come out on top. But ultimately, the offensive line just let them down in the second half, and that Rams D line just started eating, and that was the difference in the game. Low key, well, just Jalen so, so, yeah, Ramsey kind of got sauced in that game. I know one of them was a bad no call on the, uh, the offensive pass interference, but it kind I feel like multiple times I saw him just on the ground beat by the receiver. Most of the time, Chase. Yeah, he was uh, my pick. I cursed him with the uh, <laughs> long shot MVP odds that, uh, that didn't come true. But just kind of more general takeaways for me before we kind of really get into specific plays and stuff like that. I felt like this game flew by pretty quick. Like if the halftime show wasn't, you know, the hour long thing that it always is at Super Bowls, like this game would have been over like really quickly. I thought that first half was gone in a blink. And then um, for like a close game and like a good game, it also like, wasn't the most exciting of Super Bowls, I really don't think, either. Like, something about it. I think a lot of it might just have to do with, again, that time difference, just the fact that it's, like, 4 o'clock when that game is, like, in the second quarter out there, you know? Um, so maybe maybe that had a play in it. But, like, I thought that the ending was great. I mean, that drive by the Rams was, was awesome to watch. And, like, the way the Bengals started the second half with basically what you said, Ferg, in our, in our text, like, the action – you cannot start a half better than – scoring on your first play and getting a turnover on your first play on defense. Um, so, like, that was exciting. But I don't know, man. Like, for stretches of that game, the defenses kind of just took control. And, like, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Like, we're all big football fans and we like watching good defense too. But I think for a lot of people, the general takeaway from people who maybe aren't as big football fans would be, like, yeah, the Super Bowl is kind of take it or leave it for them. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially, once again, with the amount of offense that we saw leading up in the playoffs. I mean, Chiefs-Bills game was just offense. So to see this kind of contrast with that, I can see how just the average fan may look at that and go, ah, I agree. Yeah, the casual fans love the shootouts. But it it takes a real football fan to appreciate some good defense. Mm -hmm. So I kind of liked it. And plus, too, just the fact that, like, you know, the the announcers, I think, talked it up a bit too much. But, I mean, they're going to try to make the storyline – you know, as big and as grand and as, like, historic as it possibly can. But, like, the Rams drive, while impressive and really impressive when you look at it through the lens of, like, what Cooper Cup just called game and just took yeah. over that drive. But at the same time, they needed a lot of help, and it it was a long drive. It was, it was kind of ugly the last six plays of that because you get flags that if the Rams don't get, they don't get the touchdown. You get just kind of just kind of some sloppiness that, that results in the end of that drive. So just, like, I don't know, like, I find myself thinking back to the moment of the game. Like, the most memorable play for me is probably the Aaron Donald play that ends the game. But, like, while it is awesome, and especially the news about him, like, coming out that maybe he retires after this game makes it a bigger deal, how big of a game he had. But if you just look at the face value facts of saying, like, the most memorable play for me is an incomplete pass, like, that's just kind (laughs) of, like, you know, and, like, it's just, you know, I don't know. I just think that says something about the game a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, there were a couple good plays, like the uh, – I thought the OBJ touchdown catch, that one was like, I guess just from a scenic point of view, it looked really, really good on screen, and it sucks that he ended up getting yeah. – do we, do we know if he actually, like, got hurt after the game, or, like, have they confirmed anything about his injury? 
I, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw OBJ tweet, you know, something about his injury, but then went to Super Bowl, so he didn't really care. But, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, who knows? But I think that is a good point that probably contributes to that. I mean, at this point with the Rams, you're missing two starting wide receivers and your starting tight end. So, yeah, if you're looking for explosive offense, it's basically the only person you're going to get it from is Cooper Cup. And then on the other side, you know, the Bengals did make the explosive plays. You just don't really remember them because they didn't end up winning and because Joe Mixon threw one of them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think – when we said Joe Mixon needed to have a big game, I don't think we included a passing touchdown in there, but that was definitely, uh, you know, worked out better than the fake or than the uh, Philly special that the Rams tried to run, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that play too, though, like because that was on what a third down, and and Stafford's definitely like open, but I think the Rams, in hindsight, should also be glad he didn't catch it because I think he was going to get destroyed yes. if he does. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. safety was rolling down; he was going to absolutely destroy. And the throw again; it was a bad throw from Cooper Cup, which is basically <laughs> the only thing he did wrong all night. But like, it kind of pulled him away, kind of stopped his momentum, had his arms up high. Like that safety is going to stick his face mask right in his ribs. Like that was that was not going to end well. Yeah, um, unless it's Eli Apple, then he's whiffing. Of course, did y'all, did y'all see? Just he got abused after that game. Yeah, and that the was, Twitter machine's not been kind to him today. No, no, it wasn't. But also that play, it wasn't. Was that like a third and long? I didn't think it. It's, it almost seemed like there was a lot of work for that one, like for a trick play to get not that many yards in terms of a risk reward. You know what I mean? It, it was a third and five. I remember it exactly. Yeah. Don't ask me how. I got a weird memory, but it was third and five. And yeah, I feel like you're better off just running a normal play from the gun. Yeah, I think they were already in field goal range too. Maybe I don't actually. They may yeah. have been on like the forty, but like they definitely would have been better off just running in their, a play from the normal offense with Stafford throwing the ball, not trying to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, another thing too, like the defense just showed up. Like there was a Chris Collinsworth kind of made the point about the Rams D, but I think also the Bengals. Like neither team could really run the ball well in that. Like I think in a regular season game, or if your offense is doing what you want it to third and five you consider running it at least but like that was just even anything longer than like third and two I don't think any of these teams are going to run the ball I mean Collinsworth brought up the point on the Rams defense like when A. Sean Robinson is in the game like you you got to drop back because this just <laughs> wasn't working for them yeah A. Sean Robinson came in and absolutely dominated inside I mean you know those Bama D linemen they know how to stop the run and yeah you, you bet you best be believe you got to be throwing the ball in that situation <laughs> he's yeah. just too big and I mean, I mean, it's impressive from the Rams' standpoint, too. I think they only finished the game with, like, 40 rushing yards total or something along those lines. But to go out there when everybody knows you're going to throw the ball second half, you know you're lacking weapons, and you can still execute, I thought that was pretty impressive. Hmm. Well, how many sacks did, did they end up getting? Was it going to be seven, it was, eight? It was seven. Seven on. And then the Bengals got after Stafford. They had at least three. Yeah, two or three. Or yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they, they showed up the little the – little, bug on the screen um for like joe burrow tying or did he i know he tied it he ended up breaking the record for most times sacked in the super bowl well i think he would have if he didn't like low-key get the ball off on the last play because aaron donald had him also did anybody else low-key think that that pass was going to get completed because there was a a halfback kind of in the flat right there and i was like if this ball kind of gets out far enough he might catch that but um you're talking about the the last play of the game yeah like the literal last the aaron donald play did you uh did you see the picture I don't know. They I saw it. Sports yeah. You saw it where Jamar Chase had basically, once again, uh, Ramsey <laughs> was on the ground and Jamar Chase had him beat. So if Burrow had like just a half a second longer, that's probably a game-winning touchdown. Oh, yeah. Walk off. 
It yeah. was, mm-hmm. This man Ramsey, he low key got abused too, just like <laughs> Eli Apple. Man, Eli Apple should be, you know, trying to deflect, get some of the attention on Ramsey. Ramsey's the one that's supposed to be the beast, and he slick got abused. Yeah, oh. I mean, but it, it, I'm, I am glad like how the game ended. I didn't really care who won either, either way. Both teams I could pull for, but the fact that it was kind of Aaron Donald making the last play to kind of send it to or to send it to the end of the game that was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And if you're like a big Joe Burrow fan, you, you kind of got what you wanted. Like the the game was decided with the Bengals offense on the field. Like that's the matchup everybody's most interested in. That Bengals offense against the Rams defense, who would win? And the Rams just won, especially in that second half. Like I thought it was like the dream perfect offensive game plan for the Bengals in that first half, early second. They were just getting the ball out so fast. I was like, wow. Like because I think maybe Burrow had been sacked once at halftime, if if any. Um, but then whatever the Rams did, man, I don't know if it was, you know, scheme or what, but, like, they got after him. He just couldn't stay off the ground. And, you know, we'll we'll kind of spin it forward here in a little bit. But that gives me slight concern about the Bengals' chances going forward because that's a major problem area they got to fix. But um, so what, what do we think this, like, because, again, if it's not going to be talking about Burrow, which rightfully so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even listen to any of the losing sides press conferences after, um, or I haven't seen any of that really. But how big is this for for Stafford? Like, I love that for him as a Georgia guy, but as somebody who wasn't rooting for the Rams, I think we all thought the Rams were going to win. But y'all, both of y'all had the Bengals. Like, just your perspective on on Stafford and lay. Uh, here's the floor to uh, explain yourself on this buying a championship here thing. <laughs> Oh, you want me to launch into that right now? <laughs> uh, no. Well, just well, do you feel any differently having having seen them actually win? Um, I mean, look, I, I like Stafford. I like McVay. It was good to see him win. It do was, you, though? I do. I do. I do like Stafford. Okay. I think he's a guy that's been underrated in the league for a long time. To see him be able to be on a platform where he can really showcase his, ta- showcase his talent, that was nice to see, and I think he deserved it. Um, but if, if you want to talk about my take, okay. <clears throat> I think it got a little bit mixed up. What I, what I was trying to convey in the last pod is that in an age where people are building super team, and that's kind of like the standard for how you want to win a championship, I feel like it's not a bad look for the NFL to have a team like the Bengals come in and compete and maybe win. I think that's good for the league. Would you disagree with that? No, no, we agree with you with, on that. Like that's That makes total sense. But we disagree with the fact that you said the Rams – bought their championship because they don't everyone has the same amount of salary dollars available to spend look, look, I so you can't that. buy your championship if everyone has the same amount of money to spend on players but there that's are what we disagree advan- that's what is- we disagree with you not not that like i agree like i, I wanted the Bengals win because i like i think it's cool to see the guys that you actually draft be the ones that win the championship for you not guys you acquire via trade or free agency it was the, the salary cap thing that we disagree with you on. Okay, look, I understand this. I know that the NFL is the most fair league of all the professional sports leagues, MLB, NBA, all of them. NFL is definitely the most fair. But there's not 100% parity because even though all the teams are allowed to spend the same amount, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to be able to or even have the funds to do it. And I'm not talking about having stuff tied up for, for, for like the seasons prior. I'm talking about like, okay, let me think how I can explain this. If you're signing cool. a free agent, all right, in the NFL, it's going to be more about liquidity. Not everybody's going to have that amount of cash on deck, even though it. What are you laughing for, Ferg? Just, <laughs> what are you laughing for? I'm being serious. What are you laughing for? I'm just, I'm just laughing. Well, I'm, Keep going. I'm, well, here. 
So listen. Look, I listen. I, 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 I'm gonna keep you from going into econ talk here, Leif. But I don't, I don't disagree. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Like, you're right. I don't think the Ravens are out here spending that money, even though they probably have it. Like, you're right. I don't know. Clearly, the freaking Packers don't do that because they've never brought in a decent receiver when they should have. But the thing I disagree with your point here, and then we'll kind of put it to bed with this because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Is just that I disagree that there's any lesser. Of a like that, there's anything less cool or less interesting or less honorable or less whatever about building it the way the Rams did. I actually think that that's debatably more entertaining because ultimately, like you really you like did the money ball kind of thing in a way. Like, granted, they weren't out here scraping the bottom of the barrel for unknown guys that they made really good. Although Cooper Cup, like <laughs> one of those guys, but. Um, but I just th- I just think that that the mastering the art of the deal is kind of an interesting way to go about building a really strong team. And the thing about the NFL too is like, if they hadn't won this game, we'd be crushing them for doing that. Because if Aaron Donald goes, like Stafford's got maybe a couple more seasons of being at the top of his game. OBJ after this injury, who knows? Like he's getting up there. They mortgage their future to win it now, and I kind of like to see the ballsiness of that be rewarded. But. We know the future of the Rams. Like after these games, even with the with the Bucks, like last season, even though Tom Brady was aging and a lot of that team was aging, people were still like, "Oh, if he comes back, they're going to be Super Bowl favorites. They're going to be really good." I don't think I'm really hearing that narrative a ton about the Rams because I think everybody just kind of recognizes, like, "Hey, they hit it while it was hot. Maybe next year, but after that, I think you know they're going to have to hit the reset button." But I want to talk about the Bengals. I have a strong opinion. In a in a big comparison, I want to make. But what are what are your thoughts on where this game leaves the Bengals going forward, and, and what they're going to look like next season? You going for? Yeah, I'll go. For me, I, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier, Nathan. Like you you got to get improvement on that offensive line. You can't have your franchise quarterback getting sacked a record number of times in the playoff in a playoff game and in the Super Bowl because that happened against the Titans too, just like it happened against the Rams. You got to protect Joe Burrow. He's your franchise. He's going to lead you to more Super Bowls. So you got to, if you got to trade for somebody, sign somebody in the off season, you move up in the draft to get a high profile guy. You got to do it because if you lose Burrow to an injury, like you can, he can't afford another ACL injury because they can't protect him. So you got to firm up that offensive line if you want any shot moving forward. Yeah, and uh, there's two sides to this. I think you look at it, and they've got a lot of room. They got some money to play with. They're second most cap of everybody coming into the next season, so they can build that line. But also, at the end of the day, they're still in the AFC. And being on that side, you got to compete with the Chiefs. you got to compete with the Bills. I don't know if I see them getting to this point again mm-hmm. in the near future, yeah. at least. So, get the, the bold statement out of the way. I think this is, like, what was that, the 2015 Panthers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the can- Yeah, because... I think that that's the the direct comparison I see because people forget that Panthers team was a Falcons a loss to an under five hundred Falcons team in the last regular season game of the year from going undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl where they potentially could have won that game and been at least statistically up there among the greatest teams to ever play. Of course they didn't, and they never got even close after that because I think that was just kind of a. I don't even want to say a fluke because they won, you know, all but two games. But at the same time, they were never able to recapture that. Cam Newton never played close to that MVP level that he did. Um, that defense led by Luke Keekley was never that same level again. I think 
and that was again a team that that did it through the whole season and just and just fumbled it at the end. Meanwhile, this Bengals team, I mean, didn't they lose to the Jags this season? Like, think, didn't they I lose they to, to the, or Jets. the Jets? The Jets. Yeah, Jets. the Jets. One of the J teams that sucks. Either one of them. <laughs> like, pl- plug and play here. They lost. They got destroyed by my Browns, who were not a good football team. Like, yes, what they did in the playoffs was unbelievable. And they, you know, Joe Burrow, I think, is is a top five quarterback in the league. But just something about this way, I think this was almost too soon in a way that can hurt them because, like, now, I mean, you talk about the cap space, but. They're also you've got all these guys now who are going to be expecting to get paid like guys who led their team to a Super Bowl. Like I know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are definitely still on their rookie contracts, but like they're going to be wanting some renegotiation for sure. Um, a lot of these free agents they signed on defense that played well, like Hendrickson, whatever he was getting paid before, he's going to be wanting more now. Um, Joe Mixon, again, he's at the probably the stage of his career where he's probably got like one more big money contract he can get, and if he can't get it from the Bengals, he'll go get it from somebody else, you know. But also by the fact that they made it so far in the playoffs, like we, I think we'd all agree, they are not a complete team, obviously, with the, with this offensive line. They would have been a lot better served, I think, finishing lower in the division and being in a position to go draft somebody high again or potentially, like, I don't know what their draft pick situation looks like right now, but to be in a position where maybe they could move around and try to get a couple of first rounds or, like, move into spots where they could get guys that they feel like they need. But now, I mean, you're getting – again, they might be sitting on some trade picks. I'm not a, I'm not aware of. But at least from this season, they're going to get the second-worst pick, you know. So – and that's not to say that there's not a good O-lineman at 31. Like, that exists. But I don't know. It's just like – it's almost like they give me the kind of – they flew too close to the sun kind of vibe too early. And now I don't know. I'd, I'm not so confident they're going to get back, especially when you think about, again, the point you made, lay about the AFC – like, the Bills and the Chiefs ain't going anywhere. Um, like, at this point, the Chiefs are just a lock to you have you will have to go through Arrowhead to to make it to a Super Bowl. And I think if you just play the numbers game, odds are you're not going to do that too many times, not to mention the Bills are doing what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, comparing them to the, uh, the Panthers is funny because Joe's already dressing like Cam, so we may be getting faster there. Uh, then we think. Next thing you know, he's going to be start all his Instagram posts will be in that weird uh, <laughs> that font. Oh man! Um, Tweeting future lyrics, just hey, it 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 happens. Uh, but did y'all see? I, I mentioned we talked about this earlier before the pod. Like so that like you know the pregame fits. They come out and it's almost like a fashion show before the game, right? Everybody's got to try to have the best fit. But I didn't realize, like, they showed Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow after the game, and he's coming out, he's got to wear the same thing that he wore going into the game. I'm thinking, you surely, dude, like, carry a pair of sweats or something to change into. That's kind of, it's, it's almost comical to watch, like, yeah, you got all this just fancy high-dollar stuff on, but he's just moping around after a loss. Just the contrast there was killing yeah, me. I mean, it is funny, but I kind of respect that if you come in cool – you lose, you go out cool. I, I, res- I respect that. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's just funny to see. That just proves that like, it's not for the show. It's for him. Like He probably yeah. doesn't give a fuck what you think. Like oh, He yeah. just wants to wear the shirt. So. Oh, he shouldn't. No <laughs> <laughs> um, thoughts on that, Ferg? Uh, on the attire or what you touched on? <laughs> Either. Either way. Bengals future thoughts? Uh, yeah. You know, you you brought a good point, made up a good point about Joe Mixon. I, I think you're right. Um Honestly, I could totally see. I don't know if he's a free agent. I don't know what his contract looks like right now, but yeah, he's he's wanting to get that last bag because running backs' lives in the NFL are short. And if he can get one more big bag, he's going to take it. He doesn't care if it's in Cincinnati or 
or Buffalo, although Lath would like that, I think. But mm. yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys may start getting an ego problem, thinking, "Oh, look what I did! I got us to the yeah. Super Bowl with my big plays in the playoffs. Look at me!" But um, yeah, like you, like you said, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are good right now with their rookie contracts. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? There could be a guy on the defense that wants more money. Maybe T. Higgins. He's a couple years older than them. He might want some more money. So, mm-hmm. in in the long run, this probably isn't going to be what they wanted it to be. You know, they're yeah. I don't. It's just like I mean, ego is one thing, but also just historically, it's hard to keep a Super Bowl team together. Like they're gonna get good offers from other teams. Like it's just gonna happen. And you know, there's some guys out there who would would rather make that money and go to the Dolphins than have another run of the Super Bowl and like whether you agree or disagree with that whatever they can choose to do what they want to do but um, it's just hard to keep it together which I think is the same thing is going to happen to the Rams like for a lot of these guys they've now done it now for them it's about either retire or go get as much money as I can now I'm sure some of these guys like Cooper Cup I'm sure he has no reason to want to leave Los Angeles and want to go try it again but you know Again, I'm kind of an OBJ hater after the way he left the left the Browns after enduring and suffering all that he had to suffer according to his social media in <laughs> Cleveland. But like that dude had got no loyalty to LA. Like he'll go he'll go wherever he thinks he can make some some more money and maybe win. Like if Stafford retires, OBJ's gonna be like, yo, let me let me go somewhere else, you know. So uh, it's it's gonna be hard. And plus two, I think this was like ultimately, shout out myself here. I Listeners of the pod know that I liked the Rams, but I'll end the Bucks. I'm not just going to only look at the one side I was right about. But basically, for much of the season, the Rams were my Super Bowl favorites, the, them and the Bucks. And so, like, while I agree, I think they were the best team in the NFL, certainly had the best players, and they deserved to win it. Like, it was kind of a random Super Bowl. Like, they needed a lot of things to kind of go their way uh, to make it. Because, like, you know, the Packers, granted, they played an ugly ass game to lose to a team that they were better than. But at the same time, if they don't get a punt blocked, they're hosting L.A. in the, in the cold weather again. Like, I don't know that the Rams go win that game. Like, you know, there's just, just a lot of, you know, you can nitpick it all down to this. And, like, if the Chiefs, you know, don't – if they score going into halftime against the Bengals and the Chiefs are the one playing the Rams, like, could the Rams have kept up with that offense? We know, like, if you blitz uh, Patrick Mahomes, what happens? It usually doesn't go well. So, um, who, who knows? But I just – I think we're going to look back on the Super Bowl in a few years and be like, wow, that was kind of random. <laughs> like the Broncos-Panthers one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Neither of those teams were good. Actually, a really strikingly similar situation because you got Stafford and Manning, two guys who were probably – I mean, Manning called it quits immediately after. Stafford might give it a couple more runs, but he knows the writing's on the wall. Then on the other side, the young guy who, who you know, had the best season of his young career to that point, going to try to, like, you know, coolest guy in the league at that moment everybody's talking about him never did anything again i'm not saying that's going to be joe burrow but like basically if you look back and see we haven't seen or heard from the broncos or the panthers since then and i wouldn't be shocked if we get a similar thing uh although i have a bit more faith in mcveigh than than vic vangio or whoever was coaching the broncos <laughs> at that time although have you seen the reports about mcveigh uh they're saying that he may end up stepping down just because he wants to spend more time with his family i don't know how true that is or not I saw it after the game. Uh, oh, wow. I would imagine he's probably going to stay, but well, I don't know. I feel like these rumors kind of pop up around Super Bowl stuff, like at the end of the season. He also strikes me as a guy I haven't listened to that podcast he sent me lay. Like, he's a freaking football dude, yeah. like through and through. Um, especially you talk about like his like memory that he has mm-hmm. for plays and everything. Yeah. Like, that dude's addicted to this game, I feel like, because you got to be to be as good as you are at that level. 
Plus, just with how young he is, like, I don't know. He, now, he could be playing, get, you know, chess, not checkers, and thinking the Rams aren't about to be that good and just trying to pull a Sean Payton and lie <laughs> down for a season until, you know, good job that, comes that up. Sean Payton, Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer. Office, <laughs> health issues co- incoming. <laughs> um, I think he's getting married this summer, too, though, so that may be part of it, just speculation. But I, I would imagine. He might be graduating from high school, too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Freaking young. Mar- Marist High School, by the way. Just saying. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, or maybe he's trying to get another some more bags. I mean, That's if, a, yeah. if he's threatening, like, oh, I'm going to step down, the Rams, are like, oh, will you step down if we give you three more million per year? I mean, who, yeah, that is that's another chestnut checkers example there. But I could see that being the reason why the speculation is going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, overall, I thought it was a pretty good game. I don't know. I mean, obviously, y'all are probably on social media more than I am, but as cool or as cool as Joe Burrow is, I feel like. The Bengals were a massive media favorite for this Super Bowl. Did y'all get that vibe? Yeah, yeah. I think it all stems from the Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty. Everyone just loves yeah. Joe Burrow. They've That's won that why. out, though. <laughs> yeah, I still like it, but it's yeah. cool. But something about seeing Bleacher Report post it so many times makes it slightly less cool. I feel like every minute. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all the media hype was all surrounding Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. Uh, those two dudes are electric and then the fact they played in college together it's like a great story so people and they're both drafted there i know we talked about that earlier um late but it's just cool it's just easy to like a team with with those kind of weapons super likable guys that have had so much success together so that's probably why well that leads me to one more thing i know we didn't plan this on the pod but with guys well, we like, didn't plan any of yeah, it really, true. that's true yeah. <laughs> we're kind of freestyling at this point but with guys like Burrow and Jamar Chase being drafted at the same team. Do you think that could be a trend we see coming forward? Like NFL teams starting to keep college guys together and seeing how it pays off? Well, I, I mean, we saw that with, with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and, and Tua and Jalen Waddell. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they already have an established chemistry and established bond. You know, it, it just makes sense, especially if they're both super – super successful playing together mm-hmm. like we saw with the Alabama guys and obviously Burrow and Chase. So yeah. I think it's something we could see. I think it depends more on like the the Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow made sense because I think that's really the greatest college football offense we've ever seen. So yeah. like I can see the logic behind that. And even the Bama, you know, with with Waddle and Devontae I mean Devontae Smith is a Heisman winner and you put in like I could see that making sense. I think it just all comes down to the personnel. Like is is Smith and Jigba and CJ Stroud going to get dra- drafted together? Probably not. I mean, they could go off this season, like who knows? I don't know. But you know, I think I think it's just kind of more of a the players, not the fact that they played together necessarily. Um, no, it'll be but, Stetson Bennett and George Pickens. That'll be the yeah. ultimate ultimate package duo. <laughs> we will see. But any, anything uh, more on the field before we kind of talk about the bets and how they went? No, John enjoyed the halftime show. I thought it was I actually good. did. It was it was really good. It was better than like ones I've seen. Yeah, like Maroon Five or some shit like yeah. that. Like yeah. I mean, it's L.A. You gotta have Snoop and Dr. Dre in there and and Upside Down Fifty Cent. Low key, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Low key, Jack though. Low key, low key. He's been bulky. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like it, yeah. Nathan? Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Maroon Five as being a bad one. Like the big takeaway from some of the people I talked to today was like. Like, that could have been us in Atlanta with, like, you know, Outkast and Gucci and all these people. Like, we could have done that thing, but no, we got Maroon 5 <laughs> instead. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I thought it was good. I thought Eminem was sweet because, like, 
I'm not as much of a student of the rap industry as the widest kids you know, Lath Land is, but uh, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed seeing seeing Eminem. Like that was cool. Um, but yeah, good good halftime show and the uh, liked Snoop uh, hitting hitting the blunt right before going on stage. <laughs> Surprise to no one. Um, pretty funny, but yeah, it was uh, it was good. But um, on on to the bets though. Uh, Fur, you're you're talking about him a lot uh, on the live feed going throughout the game. Um, Start us, start us with what hit. What worked for you? All right, so what hit for me was coin toss. I did have coin toss, uh, land on heads, 125 on that. I had – now, this was this was actually – well, actually, it would have cashed either way, but I accidentally took Rams winning margin one to three points for the first half. And as you know, the score at the end of the first half was 13-10 Rams. That was a plus 500, so that was a big hitter. I won 85 bucks on that. But I was – initially, when I realized it was first half, I was pissed. But then it ended up hitting, so I didn't care. But they also won by three at the end of the game anyways, so I would have hit if I didn't uh, make that mistake too. So that was a big hitter at plus 500. And then I had Bengals plus four and a half. So that won me another 25 bucks. So I won those three. The ones I missed, I missed on <laughs> the Joe Burrow rushing over, which I was so hype about going into it, which is funny. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw him leave in the pocket, but he never did. He ever actually, other than the the empty, the one, the uh, one. yeah, the empty set kind of call his own number QB draw. That I, I didn't really notice any other rushes. That was it. And then his second carry, or, or well, that was his second carry. His first carry was the kneel down that we kind of talked <laughs> about last week. Uh, that took a negative rushing yard from him, but it wouldn't have mattered because he only had three total yards and two carries. So I would have gotten both of those wrong had I took both of them. I only took the rushing yards. Um, if I had taken the over two and a half carries, like I said I was, I would have missed that too. But <laughs> And then I missed on the National Anthem by a second. Because um, I took the line. Uh, the, my, my line had moved a bit. I kind of talked about that earlier. So the over didn't hit for me. I needed a one minute, 52 second anthem, and I got like 150, 151 or something like that. So I just missed there. And then I missed on the Gatorade bath. I should have rocked with Lay for the meme yeah. with old blue Gatorade. I ended up taking orange, going back on my word about uh, what I said about the winning team never has the – it's never the color of their jerseys or something. I took orange because I saw Lemon Lime moved into the favorites. So I'm like, ah, I can't take the favorites. So I took orange because it was second. But it ended up being blue. You said the odds on the blue is pretty thick. What was it the was, it, it was? I think it was like plus three hundred something, maybe plus four hundred. I don't oh, remember. Wow. I know uh, mm. Orange Gatorade was like plus plus one eighty or something like that, and it was second. So I think blue was blue was third or fourth. So it was probably in the plus well, two or three range. What all we need to do is wait till at some point Coca Cola slash Powerade becomes the main sponsor because we you know they're rocking with the nectar, the nectar. blue Powerade. Yep. No, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be minus a thousand when that happens. But so how so how'd we net out? Well, it sounds like three wins, three losses, but you hit a big one, so yeah, what was the final Yeah. So because of the the winning margin one that was juiced at plus five hundred, I I ended up being up fifty seven bucks for the entire night. Nice. So a pretty solid night for me. Not too shabby. Yeah, for me, I didn't have nearly as much action. Uh, had Bengals plus five, which was just an absurd number compared to like what the actual like kind of nationwide number at like three and a half was, um, which they covered that as well. But um, yeah, my book must have just been getting solely Rams money. So uh, Bengals plus five was easy for me, and then uh, got screwed on the. Uh, Shortest touchdown being over one and a half yards because whole game it's looking good. 
literally the final scoring play, I mean, you know, other than the extra point, like the final scoring play of the game is what did it. And what really sucks about it, too, is it took, you know, a pass interference that, uh, honestly, was there two PIs in the end zone? No, the PI right before, that one was a good call. But it was the holding on the linebacker that was a shit call. Yeah, because, like, there was, well... The final one, like, they honestly could have, yeah, they could have called it a holding, which would have been half the distance and not. Like, I just know, like, if the last flag had been called a holding, oh, okay, it wouldn't okay, have okay. been on the one-yard line is what I'm getting at. Like, gotcha. it was the, like, literally, like, the play before they scored. Like, tried to throw that out route at the at the front right pylon. But, like, there was contact before Stafford threw it. And I'm thinking, like, okay, if they call this a hold, like, I could still be in business here. But no, P.I. And then, uh, and then yeah, we all know what happened. So, did not did not hit that bet, so I ultimately netted out a pretty pretty even um, on that. So can't can't complain too much on that one. Okay, so that yeah, I guess about wraps up uh, wraps up Super talk, Super Bowl talk. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good all around. Can't can't really complain. The team I wanted to win won, and I, I mean the perfect scenario that I talked about going in the game, which was Bengals cover, Rams win. So uh, all's well that ends well. So, uh, yeah, I know, Lay, you got something on college football you want to bring up before we get out of here? Yeah, I figured it was worth mentioning just because uh, there's really not Auburn much. Auburn sucks, that's what it is? Oh, well, well, that's not news. That's <laughs> See you boys next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but Luke Fickle extending, this was interesting to me because I think everybody kind of thought, ah, he's one of those young coaches that's going to make a big move here soon. But surprises everyone today signing, I think, what is like a – six or seven year extension uh with like a 20 to 30 million dollar buyout so i don't know what are y'all's reactions to that do you think he's set on cincinnati is you think he's just showing a little bit of loyalty here now and if a big no, man comes calling no. he'll go he's just making himself more expensive for whoever is going to come try to get him at some point um because because i mean what is it like the the buyout can't the other school pay that and get him out of it yeah they can pay him but the fact that like yeah. the release clause yeah i don't think his current <laughs> yeah i don't think his current contract was that close to being up so it would have been a very small buyout uh, well yeah but it's also why not extend right now if you're him because you've never been uh more of a hot commodity a new contract that he'd signed would greatly increase the amount he's getting paid you know and also, where is he going to go at this point in the year? Like, all the spots yeah. are full. So why not sign a contract that's going to make you paid more for the next two years while you're probably still there, while you just wait on the job you actually want? Yeah. So I mean, I guess get Cincinnati fans excited. Uh, and I think they're also moving to the Big 12, I think, in like what one or two years. I don't know when that all yeah, goes through. Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's right. I guess big, even though it's probably not going to work out with him staying there long, pretty big move for them to extend him. No, no, yeah, he he definitely made the right call to extend because I mean Nathan kind of talked about it that he's gonna obviously the increase in salary is gonna raise his market value for whatever big school comes calling and he's waiting for the big school to come calling he's not gonna stay at Cincy forever so he's just waiting you know buying his time waiting for that moment and he's gonna go and he's gonna get paid more because of this extension yeah yeah I mean, I, he's uh like. It's definitely a no-brainer decision, like you do extend, but he better hope that like they keep having some solid seasons. Otherwise, he yeah. will get stuck at Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well be. Yeah, I guess might as well be stuck with twenty million versus whatever it was he was making before. But I, I guess it's also worth mentioning just because we kind of hashed out the Auburn thing last week. The result of that was Brian Harson is staying. Which this is what this is why I can't trust any reporter that reports on Auburn at all. You go through the whole process, you're thinking, ah, oh, surely we won't fire him. Surely we won't fire him. 
there's no way we do that this late in the game. And then you, I see stuff that's like, oh, the relationship between him and Auburn is untenable. It's just absolutely deteriorated. There's no way they can keep him. Everybody's saying he's as good as fired. Some people even saying, oh, they fired him the weekend. They're just waiting weekday to announce it. All this for to end up with like nothing happened, literally nothing. He's staying, the <laughs> university backs him, and all the rumors were meaningless. So no reason to ever trust any reporter, at least Auburn ones. Uh, all that sounds like to me is they couldn't find a, out a way to fire him with cause, and they didn't want to yeah. pay his buyout. That's all that is. Oh, yeah. if, okay. if they if they were going to be able to get rid of him for free, they were going to do it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it, you can't pay Malzahn and him, at, and then the third coach all at the same time. Yeah, I, I think, and that goes back to what Nathan was saying last week. Just that would have been like a PR nightmare for Auburn to deal with, having to come in and explain why they've replaced two coaches in two years. Ooh, yeah, it's tough times for your uh, your your Auburn Tigers. Tough there, times on the plains. <laughs> Four and eight season incoming. All right, well. <laughs> that wraps things up on the uh, the football season on the Away Days pod. Uh, depending on if Lay has the uh, work ethic or motivation to, to fill out some soccer doc stuff, maybe we'll we'll turn over the new leaf for that. I definitely need a place to vent my Arsenal takes. But, uh, but yeah, at some point we'll, we'll kind of figure out what the deal is. And maybe Ferg uses connections in the industry to get things geared towards football season potentially next, next time around. But till then uh, – Check out if we maybe do some soccer stuff or maybe we don't. I don't know. 